0: Hello guys. I believe this is my fourth broadcast. So thank you for joining me here on Wisdom. My name is Ash Pauls. I thought I'd come on and answer some common questions that I get and a lot of my friends get in the spiritual community who are readers. Um, and just little things. It can be questions that we get in terms of people wanting to become a reader themselves in the profession or um you know, when they're looking to get readings from somebody. So I thought I would answer some of them because some of these I've heard talked about on this app and some of them I haven't. I've seen other places. Hi, Nigel. Thank you for the follow, my dear. Um, Something that's really common. So there's not a lot and there could be more, but I thought I'd go through some of them with you. So um, the difference between a psychic versus a medium? That's a really common question. So you'll see some people with the name psychic or intuitive or medium or psychic medium. And I think when it comes to anything, when it comes to the spiritual community, it runs a gambit, right? It's each person's experience. So don't take anything as having to be fact. I want to say that. First of all, Um, it's all what we've experienced based off of our belief system where we've been raised, the knowledge we've gained and our wisdom. So, you have to look at it from your own perspective too and just take into account where that person where you're getting the knowledge from is coming from. So, before I get into the questions, I'll tell you quickly a little bit about what I do. Um I'm a physical medium. The reason why I call myself that is because I connect to spirits most generally physically, which means that um I can ask a spirit to come forward. I do see them. Some some misconceptions are when someone says they see a spirit, they'll see it with their mind's eye, not always in person. I see it with both. So I can actually see a spirit in front of me, not all the time. But I ask them to come forward and they'll show me how they passed away. So I've been asked to help on missing person cases, things like that and give my perspective of what I've seen and other things too. Um, health, it's really helped me as a Reiki practitioner. It's a form of healing, which I have found to be really beneficial for me because I am physically based. I can base it off my natural intuitive abilities, which I think we all have. But I think with anything, we have our natural strengths and weaknesses. And that just happens to be one of my strengths, which is why I call myself that but i do love reading tarot and runes that is something i love to do for fun and i've created my own rune deck recently and am working on a almost 200 animal oracle kind of a rebrand a bit so anyways i've been seeing spirits since i was six and i was not raised religious but i'm a book nerd and i love learning from other people and their experiences so just to give you an idea of where I'm coming from when I'm giving information. So this is stuff I've collected by researching it, talking to other uh, intuitives, psychic mediums, what have you. in my own experience that I've had with spirits or the like as I've been doing readings. So anyways, one thing someone asks, because I am chronically ill myself, um, a common question I get is when it comes to health and being a reader and if that if that makes it harder and in some ways it can i do believe that when we embody whole health mentally physically spiritually that's going to help us huge when it comes to you know being an open channel to receiving messages you're going to be able like any job you know when you're in a sound state in a healthy way, obviously, you're going to be able to do your job well. But I do find because I do have, um, for me, an issue with my nervous system, which is, for me, the fight or flight part of my body, or the part that we automatically do, like breathing, digesting, that kind of thing, heart rate, blood flow. I have I noticed for me, it can be an asset because I am a physical medium. Not to say I want to be sick, but I've used it as an asset because when you're chronically dealing with something, you become hyper aware, especially when it's a physical condition of your body and the little changes it makes. And no one knows your body better than you, right? And the little, the little, cracks and aches and pains and stuff that we have so that does actually help in my case so it doesn't have to be a hindrance you can take anything and make it an asset for you but obviously embodying whole health i think is important if you can the best of your ability Um, another one i've noticed and i've known some i've known some mediums to do this um, is reading under the influence obviously i'm talking about drugs or alcohol I know in some cases, people have to take medicine that's required, you know, in order for them to be well. And to me, I think that brings their body back to a balance. So I don't think that that's, that even applies. I mean, in recreational use. And, uh, Some people will say it's because you're opening yourself up to negativity, like negative spirits and what have you. But that really falls back on your belief system, right? And if you're not religious, you're not looking at things from, say, a demon perspective or or demonic perspective or evil perspective. To me, when I've known a lot of people to do it, I don't drink personally because of my health issues. But. I've known some people to be very, very open and channel very well when they're under the influence. And I don't agree with that at all because I do believe that if you're going to be a wellness practitioner of any sorts or giving advice to people, you want to do so under the, you know, under your best condition and in your most present state, not so much under the influence of something else, but it does make people more open. I don't suggest it but it can. Uh, Generally, people don't know how to filter things properly, and that's where the messages get muddled, or they allow the things they've been ingrained with to be like, you know, this is what it is. I know it's this way, and that can be very limiting as a reader. So meditating, there are so many different forms of meditating, it's insane, but a lot of people don't like doing it or they haven't found one that works for them. Cause I, I mean, there's so many, I think there's one that anybody could use and the benefits of meditating in general for every everyday use, you know, it can help with physical illnesses. I know that from personal experience, it can help with sleep, it can help with stress levels and help with being more present and enjoying, you know, the moment of where you're at. Um, it's it helps reduce blood pressure like to me it's it's made its point proven that it does work as a reader do you have to do it no but the idea is that as a reader whether and i'm talking about a psychic intuitive or mediumship reader or tarot reader whatever you consider yourself to be um being being aware of the space around you i think is critical and what you're listening for is beyond the typical noises in the room whether it's through physical touch sense in terms of smelling or taste or sound or sight so being more present-minded i think personally is very important so it does help i don't think you have to but i think you touched on this question the other night um tarot versus oracles so oracles can be really they can both be any theme you'd like which is really fun if you're thinking of looking into it you know there's the rider Waite, the morgan greer the um there's the Toth tarot if you want a little bit more advanced but um there's themes for anything like my first tarot deck that i learned on was cats you know you can find alice in wonderland you can find the Poe like Edgar Allan Poe tarot you know you can find anything if you can think of it there's probably been a tarot or oracle around it but um the oracle cards they can be any amount the author likes it can be any theme usually it gives a positive message or um, to the reader or to the sitter and And it can say it in any way that it chooses to say it. It can be upright, reverse, doesn't really matter. It's kind of up to the person. It's just a card with a message to the person. A tarot deck has 22 what is called Major Arcana cards and 56 Minor Arcana. So there's 78 cards altogether. Um, a major arcana and four suits minor arcanas. There's uh, the swords, the wands, the pentacles, and the cups. Traditionally, sometimes they have them under different names depending on the theme, but that's the basis of it. Then they make up earth, air, fire, and water elements because there are astrological associations to the tarot and... There are three Zodiac signs that fit under each element, making up all 12 signs of the Zodiac. So it allows you to pinpoint certain dates and time. All of the cards are reversed. And there are traditional meanings of one, you know, like the original authors of it. And there's a big history. It started off as a deck called the Triumph Deck, which was more just a playing cards. And... And then as it came from Italy and into France and then over here to North America is when you saw it become more of a divination system. But some people believe that there are Egyptian carvings that look like tarot-like messages on them. And that could be something that was used as divination purposes too. So, but the idea of the tarot deck is that the difference is that it has a set system, a set amount of cards. So you'll see tarot oracles and it's where the author will do something like the tarot but kind of add their own cards to it and that's considered technically an oracle. Um, another thing that I notice kind of gets controversy. And I noticed someone the other night answered this question in a way I thought was beautiful on here, but it's whether or not people should read intuitively or as a psychic or a medium for free, or if they should charge money. And really, I think it's to each person's want. Do I think there's any set way you have to do it? Of course not. But I do believe that you know, if you, it's an exchange of energy, right? So if you're a banker, for instance, You know, I'm not going to expect you to do my banking for free. I would like to be able to do something for you in exchange. And I think that that's good. Like I met a numerologist and today we swapped readings. And that was a lot of fun too, right? It was an exchange for the two of us. But um, you don't necessarily have to. But if it's something you choose to do as a career, I don't think it's something you should feel guilty about. Usually as readers, we tend to do so much for free anyways. That if you want to do, for instance, I do a lot of public readings for free on a regular basis. But if you want something private with me, that's where, you know, I'm more likely to charge just because, you know, that's taking up more of my personal time and energy. And when I'm physically ill, it isn't as easy for me to do it. So, yeah, and some people do it by donations as well. Now I want to see what else I have here. I have a few well, I have a few different ones. Oh yeah, we have the different Claires. So you'll hear people saying this. And I mean all of this, all of these names that are given as like, you know, earth angels, um, clairsentience, mediumship, all that is just a classification to name something. You know, someone had an experience, and they gave it a name, right? And it kind of took off and became popular. I apologize. I have a cat who is nine years old and acts like he's a kitten, and he's doing zoomies. So I apologize. So we do have different clairs, which are basically just basing our natural senses and um, and using them intuitively to connect with spirits. So we have clair cognizance. Which is clear knowing, so it's sort of like, for instance, I was I used to be an administrator in um, a psychic group on Facebook years ago, but ten years ago, and all these new readers came in, so we weren't seeing each other on video. It was all typed at readings, and this one girl, for some reason, I was like, I think she's the other moderator that's on here, and I said it to her. I'm like, Are you this person? And she goes, No. She's like, why would you think that? And I'm like, I don't know. And I'm like, I just had a feeling it was you. I even talked to the person and they were nothing alike. And then about a week later, I was like, dude, I know it's you. Like, You, you get something in your head. Well, lo and behold, about two weeks after that, it came at her again and she admitted it, it was her. So it's not understanding why you know, but you just get it in your head where you're like, no, I know. Kind of like a mother's instinct, you know, and you can't really explain why, but you damn well know so clear gustance, which is clear tasting. Um, I've not had this one as much. You're going to notice people, usually people have all of them, but I've not really had it. Though I will say with that same administrator, um, when I connected with her grandfather, who I tend to connect with grandfathers a lot. I don't know why I like grandpas, but I was always craving chicken noodle soup and eggs at nighttime, and I don't, I was never really a huge egg person, and I couldn't get over the fact that for like two months, I just kept craving eggs, and it was whenever I would connect with him, so something along those lines. Then we have Claire aliens, which is clear smelling, and I've connected with, uh, with other people's grandfathers for the same reason. I was able to pick them out based off of their cologne. Um. obviously you want to be critical and knock out that it's not any other scents in the room. Like uh, for instance, I have neighbors upstairs, couldn't be something they were spraying, you know, some cleaner or a candle or an incense. My dad is a drywaller and he owns his own company and he was in a house doing the drywall. So there was no there was nothing you know smelling there he's the only person there and he would get smells that smelled like his grandmother's perfume in the room and there's that's something where you know makes you think a little bit more oh my cat's sneezing now <laughs> sentient, which is clear feeling so it's feeling a spirit's emotions or um it could be also their pain kind of like i said physical medium uh feeling their emotions feeling what they've gone through themselves. And sometimes it's yourself too. You know, you have a gut, that gut feeling or you get the chills, right? So next we have clear audience, which is, you know, speaks for itself. It's clear hearing. Sometimes it's in your head. Uh, sometimes it's right outrightly. So I've been sitting here and heard, I've only had this happen a few times, but I'll hear music that's like, The most beautiful sound I've ever heard. And I've like gone out looking for it. And it's happened in multiple different places. The same kind of music. And I'll go looking for it. And there's no reason for it. Or obviously, you know, people who have can get clear messages from spirit can sit there and talk to them and have a conversation. I find that one a lot not my strong suit by any means. And then clairvoyance, which is clear seeing. So like I said, it's, you can see visions for the future, like premonitions. You can have dreams that allow you to see things from a spirit's perspective, what they've been through. Um, It can also allow you to do things like remote viewing and remote viewing just means seeing things from a long distance. The CIA and different, um, different organizations, in uh, government do train people in this and you can take their courses actually retired teachers who teach the agents how to do this so it's kind of interesting it's cool so i do believe obviously all our gifts can be kind of brought about but the idea is that we see it through our mind's eye or a third eye the pineal gland is where a lot of people think that it comes from it allows you to see sort of like the past the present the future allows you to see spirits either in your mind's eye or see what they've been through their experiences through their perspective almost like a memory or you could sit there and see a spirit in person now another thing i noticed that is really confusing and even i had a hard time with this because i because to me it's perspective right it's what people decided to call them but you'll hear people talking about star seeds or like earth angels um indigo kids, crystal kids, and I'm like, what the hell is this shit? And it all kind of seems like the same thing. And in essence, it is. Like, I mean, what I think of it versus what has been known to actually be called or what they're known to be, I don't think any of us have the right answers, 100%. We're seeing it from our limited human perception or perspective. It's objective or subjective, I should say, to each person, like I said. So I think that this is something that took off because a lot of the traits are common of all people and very broad-minded. Not to say these things don't exist, but I, I have a hard time pinning it down to it being specifically one way. I think it's so much more than we would realize. So just saying. But we do have a thing called Earth Angels, and there's different types. So there's the healers, the nature ones, the activists, the creatives, the animals, that kind of thing. And basically what it is is they're here to—usually um, they're healers in the sense that they'll come down and either express ways of helping people heal and grow as human beings and— um and grow to their best potential, whether it's through health or animals or working with animals through nature. Some of them would be the type to actively like help nature themselves. And to me, that's a great way to connect, but it's not, you know, I don't think it typically has to be that one way. There's also the caregivers, that kind of thing. So in the 1970s, Nancy Ann I think it's tap or tape. I'm not even sure it's T-A-P-P-E. She was the first one to kind of come up with the indigo kids perspective. She was a medium. She was a lot of different things, but that was what she was known for. And later on, it was expanded by Lee Carroll and Jan Tober, who are also intuitives or readers in a sense. So again, this is someone's perspective based off what they've, they've experienced, right? But indigo kids, there's different there's a lot of these can kind of correlate but they're they're the type that can see aura colors very easily so the aura is seeing the etheric fields which is just like your spirit body that emanates around your body and through your body that kind of thing and that's actually very common of a lot of different readers or intuitives or people who are more open they'll see they'll see auras so it doesn't it's not limited to just that But usually when you see an indigo kid, it's called that because their aura is specifically tends to be mostly indigo blue. And a lot of people don't realize that actually. But they feel like they're meant to be here and they have really high expectations of themselves and other people. They have very strong intuition and they're willing to kind of question authority um they get people thinking and they kind of nitpick things and wanting to see the world grow and really kind of test the waters so they're creative they're game changers um they may feel really lonely but they're very headstrong and passionate about what it is they're working towards obviously they would have psychic abilities and they can have a really hard time um with being frustrated at humanity kind of thing. But a lot of times they're misdiagnosed as depression or ADHD. Crystal kids, um, they're considered high vibrational, which just means they think more on a open-minded, positive level, so to speak. And usually their aura is seen more around their crown chakra, which is just, it's the chakra located just above your head, which is sort of like your... Um, your way of connecting to spirit or divine energy. So they are known for being psychic and having very strong inner voice. They're very, very earthy. Sometimes it's known among autistic people and um they stare off into space sometimes because they're lost in thought or they're channeling. And to me when I think of autism, um I, I don't really think of it as a negative thing. Not to say that there isn't. There isn't its trials and tribulations, but I think of it as someone who's highly, highly intelligent, you know, in other areas. And to me, they're almost like, like a new wave of intelligence that we just haven't, it's not so much them that needs a different learning style. We need to learn how to catch up to them, but they have, they're usually for they're, they are known for having really big eyes, which is kind of interesting. And they're very, very sensitive to things They can be spontaneous. A lot of times they can be musicians, and they can, um, they can be honest to a fault, but they're very, very selfless, and they're really close to their families, but sometimes big groups of people can be a lot for them, and the idea of them is basically to help raise humanity in a positive way. And then rainbow children, um, they're believed to have not, if it's your belief system to believe in incarnations, they're believed to have not. Incarnated before, so this will be their first lifetime, so to speak. They're known for being creative. Sometimes, a lot of times, their parents will be crystal kids themselves, so they're fearless and they can have boundary issues or, like, you know, where they'll put themselves at harm's way because they don't know better. Um, and they bounce back quickly from things like illnesses or things that hurt them. They're big, they're really known for being huge manifestors and healers, and they have really high energy. And they love bright colors so all of these are what's considered like a group of what's called star seeds and it's considered to be a group of souls who agreed to come to help elevate the people on earth like I said I, I I have a hard time believing it entirely to be what it is because I feel like all of us could fit in essence under a lot of those categories but a lot of people truly do believe this. And I don't think there's anything wrong when it has a positive message, anyways, if that's what someone chooses to believe. So another thing I was gonna bring up, and I had mentioned in the beginning, what is the difference between a psychic and a medium? So a psychic literally means of or relating to human soul or mind. So the mental instead of the physical. So it'd be like if I was reading someone in the room, it would be a, me reading the sitter, the person that's sitting there, not their dead loved one. It would be me reading them, right? And if you're a medium, obviously a medium is a middle state, right? It's sort of like the it's a middle state or condition. So it would be where I would connect with your grandfather, and I would be the middleman to bring about those messages from the spirit world to your to you as the sitter. So I just want to go back to my list and see, because I know there are other things I wanted to talk about too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, ghosts versus spirits. I mean, this again, to me, it, it depends on your belief system, depends on your experience too. Like I had creepy experiences growing up, but like I said, it wasn't raised religious, so I don't see things in terms of like evil spirit. But I think for me, it's you know we see we know good people in life and we know bad people in life. There's both. Um, there's misconception. Oh, I don't want to say misconception. There's the thought that um, that we can become stuck. And not to say we can't, but we can stay stuck on Earth. Or I know some belief systems will feel that if you see a spirit or a ghost, whatever you want to call them, on Earth as a living being, but you see them, that they're evil. Even if they aren't saying anything bad, they're just bad because because they're not if um, they're meant to be more of a demonic or an evil intentioned spirit, which I know for a fact is not true for me because I've delivered beautiful messages to families from past loved ones, synchronicities without any ill will towards that person, and it would left them in a better state. And help them with their grieving process. So I do not believe that if a spirit is around that it is purely just evil, obviously. Or else I wouldn't be doing what I do. But some people believe ghosts are more the ones that are here on Earth. whether They're Earth-bound or they have decided to stay here. And the spirits are more the ones that have crossed over. Crossed over means they leave this plane of existence, really. I think of them personally, interchangeably, just have what you want to call them. I believe that we can contact with spirits that have crossed over to other planes of existence and they can come back. I do believe this is the only plane of existence or dimension that we live on that thinks of things in terms of time, so I believe in a sense, we're living concurrently at the same time as they are in their existence, and sometimes we cross paths that's That's a whole other ball game there getting into it um Let's see here. Oh, yeah. Hags. I've heard of people talking about hags. Um, Hags came from, actually, I wrote some notes because I thought it was actually pretty interesting. But um, sometimes they're thought of like succubuses, which are spirits that will come in terms of nighttime, usually, or incubuses, depending on if it's a male or female. And they'll come to try to... Kind of woo you. It's usually an evil intention or malevolent spirit that comes in the form of a sexual experience. That's interesting. I've never had anything to do with that. Not to say it can't be true, but I've not had that. I know some people in some cultures actually believe that they can marry spirits, and they do. So I mean to each their own, right? But uh hags are known for causing nightmares, and a lot of times we see them the idea is you'll hear about them on paranormal shows where the person wakes up and there's like the scary lady hanging over them screaming at them scaring the crap out of them and the person can't move you know they're stuck so it does get mixed up with sleep paralysis a lot but um they do get they do get they do get um misinterpreted or kind of linked in with earth spirits shapeshifters which just means they can change from different forms of how they look, but it's actually an old English word for witch. So it kind of gives a little bit of an insult, right, to the hag in a sense, when you think of it like that. Um, a witch was literally, and I have family in Aberdeen, Scotland that was burned at witch trials. She was actually... um In Aberdeen in Scotland during the witch trials, a lot of times it wasn't like it was in the U.S. where they were trying to take over land and property. Um, In in Scotland, a lot of times they would use it as like, say two people were in politics and the one person was losing. They would say that the other person, you know, put a curse on them. A lot of times it was political and more governmental, not always, but, um, and obviously the true essence of a witch is generally just someone who is a natural path or a natural practitioner using natural things of the earth to heal people. So there are some of our best healers and well-respected and go-to people that they kind of turned their heads against when fear came in or when they wanted, you know, things to go their way. So to me, the word witch is not scary. Um, to me, it's a healer in a lot of ways. And my my um dis- my my ancestor, Bessie Inez, was tried as a witch, or I should say retried as a witch, for helping against political espionage. And because she was proven her and her husband and quite a few other people were proven not to be witches back then, they would just retry you. And retry you and retry you until they got the answer they wanted, and then they could kill you. So, in Proto-Germanic, it actually means hedge, which you'll hear a lot of times: hedge witch, right? So it's linked in with the crone, so mother, maiden, goddess, whatever. Um, mother, maiden, what is it? The dot? I know. Oh my god! I'm having a I'm having a brain fart. Mother, maiden, crone It's basically like the different generations. So birth life, death, rebirth and she's she 's considered the crown to be the wise woman because she has the experience of life behind her, right so it 's actually from Scandinavian folklore so and that's where a lot of our our nursery stories and things that we grew up with in North America, a lot of them are actually scandinavian based. And uh, the folklore is that that she would sit on the sleeper's chest and send them nightmares. And then the person would wake up having a hard time breathing or being able to move properly. But um, And they called it a Mara spirit, M-A-R-A. But it is commonly mis- uh, confused with sleep paralysis. And I think it's important to be critical when it comes to this because things as simple as Um, If you have sleep apnea, that can cause you to have sleep paralysis. If you have substance abuse, that can do it obviously as well. Sleep deprivation, people who have seizures commonly have this, as well as narcolepsy, which are people that... Um, on a very bland level to say they fall asleep in random places. So basically what it is, it can make you unable to move, unable to speak. People with sleep paralysis can actually hallucinate. They'll see things and hear things that aren't there. So it causes a lot of fear, right? And the idea, they think that it comes through a dysfunction during REM sleep. And it occurs a lot of times with people who lucid dream um that's usually when you're dreaming and you know you're asleep, like you know that you're dreaming. And I have the, a lot of times too, where I'll be dreaming and go, oh, I've dreamt this before. And then I continue the dream as though I don't know any different, but it's kind of interesting. So like I said, to each their own, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but we should, I think a lot of times the things we fear when it comes to the unknown actually has a very um, traditional meaning. If we just looked it up looked up the origin of it so i think that's i think that's important and then i just want to make sure if there's anything else i want to talk to you guys about <laughs> oh religions and reading i have nothing against people being religious and reading to me i think having something i'm not religious but that's just i was never raised that way so i never personally found a need for it um like I said, I go off my experiences of what I've experienced and personally have not experienced a god or goddess. So for instance, I teach Norse history and um, I do Norse runes as well, but I don't technically believe that Odin is running around, you know, ruling the earth. But I do believe that he could have been a revered person who lived at one time and as a spirit, he was revered to a godlike status. I'm not saying that there isn't a god or a goddess. I'm just saying I haven't experienced it. So I'm really open-minded to it being both ways. I don't think it's necessary so much, but I don't think that it's such a bad thing if there was. I think none of us will really truly know the answers until we pass away in terms of things like that. And what I've experienced personally have been people. So like our loved ones, or pets, those are the types of spirits I've seen personally. So I tend to go off of that in terms of, you know, reading. So... Yeah, I think it's each their own. I think it's okay to be a reader with religion though. I know quite a few who do. I think I think it can be really beautiful and open yourself up, but I think as long, and I don't care what it is whether it's religion, you know, I don't I don't care what it is. It doesn't have to be religion, just your way of thinking, what have you. I think any of it's okay as long as it's not limiting yourself and keeping you from being open-minded. I think it's good to be critical. Because I find sometimes people believe everything they hear, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to close yourself off to the opportunity. So, like I said, there's a possibility of all of these things we talked about being true, but really it's just an objective experience that one person had and it kind of took off, right? So, I find it really interesting and it's cool to look at the origins of things like that. So, yeah. I thought I would share with you guys some of the interesting things that I've come across myself and my kind of my studies of it and kind of my perspective of what I've seen. I want to thank Miss Angela, Will, B, Jessica, The Space, and Linda, Frankie, Stacy, Nikita, Jason, Chris, Justice, Daddy Dex, Cecilia Grace. You always have such a nice uh, life. I like, I like her lives. Energy Lady, Dr. Sheila, Sapphire London, Nigel, Marcella, Dr. Rao, Robert, and Frankie. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. And I'm excited to get to know more of you soon. So take care. Bye.